So this parable teaches four crucial principles about how to invest our life. And we're going to take a look at these this morning. Also in this parable, we're going to find three little words that have the power to determine success or failure in any aspect of our life. These three little words that define the difference between the good and faithful servants and the wicked and lazy servants. Now, what are these three little words, you ask? Well, you're going to have to wait. You're going to have to wait a little longer, and we'll go over those in the, here in a few minutes. But first, I want us to look at this parable and look at the four principles Jesus teaches about how to invest your life. So I want us to read this parable. Matthew 25, 14 through 30. And really, I, I didn't prepare it, but... I'm going to ask JG to, JG, do you mind reading this for us? Do you mind coming up here? And I'll hand you mic and you can read this for us. 25, 14 through 30. And I'll save my voice while JJ reads, amen. So go ahead, JJ. This mic is on. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to, to, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid, hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant! So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bags of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have in abundance. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Thank you, JJ. Give him a hand. Thank, thank you, you, JJ. And thank you, too. Oh, man. 
JJ has a great voice. He's got that FM voice, we used to say. <laughs> now, some of you may be reading a Bible translation or a version that uses the word talent. Maybe you're, in your version it says talent. You know, really, a, a talent was a measure of money worth about two months' wages. So in today's economy, it would equal thousands of dollars. Now, that's why the NIV, if you're reading the NIV, it uses the phrase, a bag of gold. The New Living uh, Translation uses the phrase, a bag of silver. The idea is that it was a lot of money here, a lot of money involved. Now, the master was away on a journey. Now, the, the story doesn't say how long. It just says that he was gone for a long time. Long enough for the servants to have time to make the money work for them. But understand that Jesus isn't talking about money. He's talking about how we invest our lives. That, that really is the topic. That, that really is the lesson here. Jesus is not talking about money. Now, here's what I want us to pick up from this parable. First of all, I believe that God will give you opportunities according to your ability. God will give you opportunities according to your ability. Now, not everyone gets the same opportunity because not everyone has the same ability. Not everyone gets the same opportunity because not everyone is capable of handling the same responsibility. So in life, we get opportunities that match our abilities and they match our level of commitment. That's because God will give you opportunities according to your ability. And Jesus said it in verse 15. He says, the one who he gave five bags of gold to another two bags and to another one bag, each according to what? To his ability. Now, the master didn't love one servant more than the others. He, he didn't say, I'm going to give you ten, ten bags of, of uh, gold because I love you more than the guy I'm going to give five. No. He just recognized a difference in ability. Now, I'll tell you what we have a tendency to do. And listen real carefully. We have a tendency to do this. Instead of looking at the opportunities God has given us, we sometimes, many times, look at the opportunities He has given to others. Instead of taking advantage of the opportunities placed before us, we fret over what we don't have, right? Why didn't I have the same opportunities as the other guy? Why couldn't I be born into a rich family like so-and-so was, right? Why couldn't I be a better athlete? Why couldn't I get a better job? And so on and so on. We, we, we always look at what everyone else has. But rarely do we look at the opportunities that we have been given. When I was growing up, I used to, one of my friends in, in school, his name was Felix Galvan. Felix Galvan and I went to school since elementary. And he was a good athlete, man. I used to think, ah, this guy, he was in football. He was like all district safety in football. Football season was over. He'd, you know, move into basketball. He was good at basketball. Basketball season was over. He'd go into baseball. It's like, man, I want to, you know, me, the best I could do is kickball in my class of PE, I think, or, you know, something. That was the best, you know. 
I wanted to be this athlete that my friend was, you know. And then he was in choir, too, with me, and he could sing well. I was like, man. Sometimes we look around and we think, man, why can't I do, have that opportunity that so-and-so has? I mean, even as I look around our congregation, like, man, why can't I build houses like Lino? Why can't I sell houses like Bernice? Uh, why can't I run like the Sada siblings over here that they can run all day and I'd be tired? Man, if I could do that, or why can't I do that? We're always looking at what everybody else has. But we never, we rarely stop and look at the opportunities that we have. So it comes down to this. God gives us opportunities according to our abilities. It's not our job to worry about what we don't have. It's our job to make the most of what we do have. That, that's our responsibility. Not to worry about what everybody else has. No, I, I, I need to be concerned about what God, the opportunities God has given me. Because really the difference in what the one talent guy and the two talent guy started off with isn't all that much. It, it wasn't a whole lot of difference, right? But the difference in, in what they ended up with is substantial because one took what he had and invested it, right? The two talent guy invested it, and the one talent guy did nothing, and he just buried what was given to him. So you and I, we're going to be given opportunities according to our ability. If he has chosen to give others more than he has given you, that is never an excuse to waste what we've been given. Because we've all been given opportunities. Now, the second principle is this. Being responsible often leads to more responsibility, right? Being responsible often leads to more responsibility. Verse 21, Matthew 25, 21. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servants. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of what? Of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Come and share your master's happiness. I believe this is kind of like in the workforce, right? If, if you show faithfulness in the small things, then you're going to be given more responsibilities, right? You're, you're, you're going to be given more responsibility. If, if you show that, let's say, that you show up on time, or first of all, that you show up, right, to work. Let's start off with that, okay. That you show up, and then you show up on time, that, 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 that you give your best, whatever that is, you know, that, that you're giving the best that you can give to your employer, to the company you work for, and then you'll be given more responsibility as time goes on. Now, he said this to the man who had been given five bags of gold. In verse 23, we see that he spoke the exact same words to the man who had been given two bags of gold. Both were faithful. They were both faithful with, with what they had. Both were promoted, and both were given more responsibility. Even though their original resources weren't equal, right? One had five bags of gold. The other had two bags of, of gold. But they were both faithful in what they did. And their, their, their reward was equal because they were faithful. The lesson here is this. Faithfulness pays off. 
Faithfulness pays off. Whether you're faithful with a little or a lot, you'll reap a reward. And whether you're faithful with a little or a lot, God is equally pleased. He wants to see faithfulness in your life. He, God wants to see faithfulness in my life. So being responsible often leads to more responsibility. Now, you may have heard it said that if you want something to get done, ask the busiest person you know. Because mo mo most times, he or she can handle the responsibility. And many times, I don't know if you've ever noticed how true this is. People with lots of free time probably have it because they're either not willing to or not able to get things done. They have a lot of free time. When it comes to how we spend our lives, we need to be aware that God is looking for us to be faithful in the little things he, had, he has called us to do so that he can reward us with even bigger things to do. Because faithfulness always leads to promotion, and a promotion always includes a bigger job description. Being responsible leads to more responsibility. That's the way it is. So Seth start, has started a, a new career, a new job, right? Been at it for two months, and, and he is a low man on the tone pole. That's just the way it is, right? You start off, you know. And he said, but work hard, said that time. And he's a hard worker. Work hard, you know. Do what they ask you to do. And God's going to promote you, you know. God, God is going to promote you. So being responsible leads to more responsibility. And the, I think the, the third lesson I think that we can get out of the story is this. Accomplishing a little is better than accomplishing nothing. Accomplishing a little is better than accomplishing nothing. Now, there, there are people who, let's say, won't go on a diet because they don't think they can stick with it. I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. Or, people, or you may think, well, I'm going to start a diet, but it's already, God, we're already approaching the halfway through the month. I'm going to wait till the new month gets here. There are people who won't try to get sober because they, they don't think they can stay sober. And that's, that's a tragedy. But I think the bigger tragedy is there are people who won't accept Christ because they don't think they can live the Christian life. And rather than fail, they would rather not try at all. That, to me, is the biggest tragedy right there. Now, imagine if this servant had done something different. The other two doubled their money. But what if this servant with the one talent had just put his money into a low-risk, low-term investment? When the master returned, he could have said, Hey, master, I know your other servants doubled their money, but I didn't do as well. But here's what I did. I put your money in the bank, and the amount has increased, let's say, by 20%. You gave me $5,000, and now you have $6,000. What do you think the master would have said? I'll tell you what, exactly what he would have said. He would have said, well done, good and faithful servant. Because he did something, right? Yeah, he didn't double his money like his buddies did, but he did, he did something. The reason why the master was so angry at the servant who buried his one bag was that he did nothing. 
He didn't even try, right? He didn't even try. This is why the master said to him in verses 26 and 27, his master replied, you wicked, lazy servants. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. He says, well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bank, with the banker so that when I return, I would have received it back with interest. Even a little interest is better than no interest, right? Even that much effort would have been enough to please his master, even if he had done the minimum. But if he had done something, right? Just do something. The only real failure in life is this. Listen to me. The only real failure in life is in giving up. That's a failure when you give up. And some of you are here today maybe facing that temptation. Maybe you've failed too many times already. Maybe you're convinced that you're, you're, you'll never make it, and you're thinking, you know what? I'm just going to cut my losses and bury my life in the sand and forget about it. I'm not even going to try because I've failed too many times, and I don't want to fail again. And so you know what? Forget it. And there's people who live like that. The only real failure in life is in giving up. The only real failure in life is in not wanting to do anything anymore. I'm, I'm going to give up. I don't care. I just don't care. You know, when we moved into this building, I know the pastor had took pictures of it and showed pictures to my mom, and she was funny. She was 95 years old, and and one of the first things she said to, to my brother was like, I wish I was young again, and I would preach and teach in Spanish in that chapel, the small one, and you could stay here with everybody else. I said, Mom, you're already trying to split the church? Come on. You know, we, just got, we just got here. Come on. <laughs> but that was, that, that was her, her mindset. I wish I was young again. I wish I had the strength again. That's what I would do. I would, I would preach and teach in Spanish. To whoever wanted to hear Spanish, and he goes, and you could stay over here with everybody else. Because the, the, the real failure in life is just giving up. That, that, that's a tragedy. Can I tell you that? That's a tragedy. That if you decide this morning, you know what, I'm just going to give up on life. I don't care. I just want to encourage you today, don't give up. Don't give up. Now, the more you apply yourself, the better you get. The more you apply yourself, the better you get. Matthew uh, verses 28 and 29 of, 25, of chapter 25. So take the bag of gold from, from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has, has will, you know, will, will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them. See, today you've been given certain opportunities. You've been given certain skills. You've been given certain resources to work with. All of us have. And the more you use them, the more you'll get and the better you'll get at it by using them. But you've got to use those resources, those skills, those talents that God has given you. You get to be my age, you know, you've heard the story, you know, you, you need to uh, 
do some weight or something because you start losing muscle mass, right? And if you don't, you know, if you don't use it, if you don't work out, you're going to lose your muscle mass. I, I pretty determined mine's pretty much gone, but anyway. But God has, has gifted us, every one of you, with opportunities, skills, and resources to work with. And if God has given you an opportunity and you don't use it, you're going to lose it. Plain and simple. If God has given you a skill and you don't use it, you're going to lose it. But on the other hand, if you use it, if you invest it, you will experience growth in your life like you've never experienced before. Whatever God has given you, use it or lose it. The more you use it, the more it's going to increase. The less you use it, the less you'll have. So I want you to look at, look at, the, at the things that you want to increase in your life. And I want you to invest in them. Do you want a great marriage? If you're married, do you want a great marriage? Well, invest in your marriage. Use it or lose it, right? Do you want a great relationship with your children? Then invest your time in your family. Use it or lose it. Do you want to have a great relationship with God and a useful ministry in His kingdom? Guess what? Invest your life in building God's kingdom. Use it or lose it today. Now, I'm going to close by looking at three little words that will make all the difference in our life today. And if you don't know these three little words, then your life will go nowhere. Now, what are these three little words? Take a look at verse 16, Matthew 25, 16. See if you can pick them out. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. The three words. Did you catch them? The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. The three words are win at once. He got started immediately. He was given a job to do. He didn't procrastinate. I, I, am, I am a procrastinator. My wife will tell you. But the Bible says that he went at once. Whatever it is that you need to accomplish today, there is something you can do today to get started. But you got to do it. You've got to do it. It's not enough to say, oh, yeah, I believe God. Now I know. Now I've seen the light today. I see the opportunities that God has given me. Yes, 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 yes. And then we do nothing. The Bible says this man went at once. Now, if you need to take charge of your health, you can start today. You know, you really don't have to wait till the first of the year. You really don't. Okay. You can start today, you know, taking the steps to, to take charge of your health, let's say. If you need to make some changes at your job, start planning that today. And put your plan into practice like this week. Do it. 
if you, need to, if you need to make some changes in your personal life, take the first step today. You, you know, you know you've got to make some changes. Only you know and God knows some changes that you've got to make in your personal life. Well, take the first step today. If you need to reconcile with someone in your life, family member, a coworker, a friend that you've had issues with, and you know you need to reconcile with them, you can make the first contact today. You can do that today. If you need to get out of debt, well, put a plan together and get to work on it. But do it today. See, those are the three words that will change our lives. Where this man, he went at once and began to put his money to work and gain five bags more. But he did it today. This morning, there, there, are, there are some here who need to get things straightened out with God. And that's not a shock. You know today you've come and you know you've got to get things straightened out with God. You love God. You know God loves you. But there's certain things that you've got to straighten out with God. And you know it. And you've, you know, listen, you've known this for a long time. For a long, long time that you need to do it. But you've been putting it off. You've been putting it off. Today, we're giving you a chance to take that step today. Make your life straight with God today. Straighten out your life today. God is here, and you can take that step today. The servant who was given five bags of gold was called good and faithful because the Bible says he went at once to put his talents to work. He didn't wait. He went at once. And today, I'm challenging you today to do the same. Do it today. You know what you need to do. Do it today. You, you know those steps you, you've got to take in your life, right? Do it today. Don't, don't push it off. Don't wait. Let's not make excuses. The changes that you need to make, you can do today. And I believe I believe that if you do that today, if you take that step, wherever it is, to get right with God or make changes in your life, that you're going to see God move in your life like you never thought before. But you've got to make those changes today. Today. And I believe this is God's word for us, man. And I believe that's God's word for you today. So I want us to just meditate on that. I want us to pray and say, God, you know, first of all, we can't, <laughs> we can't outthink God. We can't, we can't have a thought that God hasn't already had, right? We can't do it. We can't do it. But God is here today. And God has given you opportunities today. And again, I, I really encourage you, don't look at whatever, the opportunities that everybody else has. Look at the opportunities that God is giving you today for you only. The opportunities that you have today. And take advantage of those opportunities. Take advantage of those skills that God has given you. 
whatever God has given you, but do it today. Do it today. About four years ago, I'll finish up with this. I had a, and I've shared the story before, we were getting ready to go to our Christmas Eve service. It's been pre-pandemic. Uh, <clears throat> pre-pandemic, and getting ready. And I told my wife, you know, I'm going to send, I'm going to send a, a message on Facebook Messenger, I think, back then, to a coworker. <coughs> she had actually just retired. She had just retired. She'd been in the company a long time. But her husband had uh, Alzheimer's, and so I knew she was dealing with that. So I said, yeah, I'm going to, I haven't talked to her in a couple of months, probably. I'm going to send her a message. I'm going to send her a message. See how I was thinking. So as we were getting ready to leave, I sat down at the computer and I sent her, hey, Kathy, just thinking about you. I hope, hope you have a nice Christmas, praying for your family, but I was just thinking about you. And I kid you not, I send that off, and I go off to do something else. And she responds, like, in a couple of minutes. I mean, she responds almost right away. Almost right away. And she says, oh, Benji. She says, I know it was God that told you to send that message to me. She says, today has been a horrible day. It was Christmas Eve. She says, today has been a horrible day. I went to visit my husband. She had him at a facility in Eden or somewhere. And... uh it was horrible, says my husband. She goes, I know, I know it's not him because he was advanced stages of Alzheimer's. He cursed at me. He told me he hated me. And all those things. She says, and I'm deeply hurt. She says, I, I know it's not him. I know it's not him. But here it is Christmas Eve, and he said this awful things to me. Awful things to me. She said, thank you. She says, thank you for sending me that message. It had to have been God. It had to have just been God to, to tell you to send me because I'm so sad right now. I responded, oh, Kathy, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry you're going through this. I'm, I'm so sorry that this time of the year you're, you're facing that. But here's really my message. I almost didn't send that. I, I felt just urgent. And sometimes God will send you an urgent. You think, oh, it's just me. No, many times it's God's spirit. Many times it's God speaking to you. Hey, send that text to that friend. Send that message. Call that neighbor. Do this. So many times we talk ourselves out of obeying God when it's God's spirit who's speaking to you. And today I believe that God is speaking to you, even as I speak right now, that the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart right now. He's speaking to you. Don't say no to God today. Don't say no. Father, today I thank you, by God, for your word. I thank you, Lord, because I believe you're speaking to us. Father, this parable was not about money. It was never about money. This parable was always about how we will invest our lives. Will we waste our lives? Or will we invest our lives in you, in your kingdom for you to help others? Will we invest our lives in making a difference for others? Or will we just throw away what you've given to us, my God? What a tragedy that would be. What a tragedy it is, my God, if I just throw my hands up and say, 
I'm done with this. I'm walking away from you, God. What a tragedy that would be, God. But that's not what you want for us, my God. That's not what you want for us. That's not what you've called us to do. Today, my God, you're reminding us that you've gifted each and every one of us, my God, with opportunities to serve others, with opportunities, my God, to encourage others, with opportunities, my God, to make a difference, not just in our life, but make a difference in the life of others. You've granted us those opportunities. And what a shame, what a tragedy is if we just walk away from those opportunities. God, we don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to walk, walk away from you today, God. I want to walk towards you, not away from you. I want to walk closer to you, my God, not further away from you. I want to know again what it is to be held by you, my God. I want to know again what it is to be loved by you, my God. That's what I want. Father, help us today to answer not to look what others have, not to envy what others have. My God, help us, Lord, to recognize what we have. My God, what you've given us. Help us to do that today. God, may your name be honored today, God. May your name be glorified as we answer the call, as we say yes to you today, God. I pray for that person who needs to make things right with you, my God, today. May they have the courage and say yes, yes to you. I pray for those, my God, who perhaps you've given them a ministry and they're walking away from it, my God. They're walking away. God, help us today to answer the call to you, my God, to invest our lives in the things that are important to you, God. Help us today. Help us today.